Hey, this is Jonathan with Longesity.org, and this week on the Longesity Now podcast, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going to be changing things up, and I am going to be interviewing Justin Lowe, who is the founder of Longevity, and he's the the spokesperson. Today, he is the talking head that represents the Immortality Institute. And what I kind of wanted to do in this episode was explain to the people out there that kind of stumble across longevity. They're probably people like myself that have some insatiable pharmacological curiosity and they're doing some late night googling of some uh, rare molecules that they are that they're really interested in for their biohacking or for their anti-aging or for their uh, for their PhD thesis who knows and they stumble across longevity and they're like wow this this forum has looks like many thousands of people who are also really passionate about anti-aging and science and philosophy and the future and I wanted to explain what the story is behind longevity and uh, and let them know that it is it is more than just a forum because there is a lot of forums out on the internet that are simply a, uh, an amalgamation of, of people shouting at each other about science or philosophy or drugs and longevity has got uh, has got some more going on behind it. How how you doing this morning, Justin? Well, I'm doing just fine. Let me start out though. I want to correct just one minor point is though even though I was uh, one of the original members of longevity uh, I wasn't the founder. I have served as a director, the executive director. I've been treasurer, membership sec- secretary, you know, spokesperson. Currently, I'm still membership secretary and uh, also treasurer. So not an original founder, but pretty close to the beginning of uh, longevity. Yes. Okay. I'm curious, who did found it? Uh, the original founder was Bruce Klein. Uh, and he also founded it with two other people because in the U.S., in order to establish a nonprofit, you need three directors, original directors. So it was Bruce Klein and his wife and Michael Anisimov that originally founded Longevity, but back then it was known as the Immortality Institute, and that is how it is still officially recognized as a nonprofit in the US even though it is really an international nonprofit organization our membership is all over the world and why did they choose nonprofit status well it was just uh, the founder the uh, original board of directors uh, thought it was the easiest way to promote life extension uh, and it's easier to manage um, and perhaps a little easier to get people on board with your your, your project uh, being a nonprofit. So that's, I guess, uh, the main reasons why. Okay. And what is the uh, mission currently supporting? Oh, the mission is to end the blight of involuntary death. Yes, it was uh, originally named the Immortality Institute. 
and it became longevity as a kind of doing business as name about four or five years ago. People thought, you know, Immortality Institute, it just kind of sounds a little bit radical, a little too radical for most people, even though the Institute was very successful in promoting life extension and also growing throughout the first, say, you know, eight or nine years of its existence. But people thought, oh, why not put a different name on our website? to make it a little bit more inviting so people don't have to grapple with the thought of you know, radical life extension right away when they come to the front page. Uh, so it's been known as longevity for, I can't remember, it's about four or five years now. Um, and for those who wonder about that name, I know that's a question that comes up pretty often. And it's basically a play on words, uh, longevity, and also city or community. Uh, think of it as a community of people or uh, a city of people who are interested in longevity. So that's how we came up with longevity. For some people that are curious, can they easily meet up with the longevity community in, in the real world? Are there, are there meetups? Well, in the past, we certainly have had uh, taken every opportunity that we could to meet up in the real world. Uh, many life extension-based conferences or uh, technology conferences often have a significant longevity presence. People go, uh, you know, congregate uh, with similar you know, ideas and themes, of course. So uh, there has been many times I've met with people in many different parts of the world uh, longevity members and there have been meetups in the past uh, the most recent one that I'm aware of is one that I attended in Chicago in the US and also um, uh, we've had meetups that have occurred in Australia uh, in Canada and like I said at different conferences so there is always opportunities um, we haven't really sponsored an officially named longevity or immortality Institute conference or meeting uh, in a few years but we do set aside part of our budget to help support people who want to do little meetups to talk about life extension, see who else is out there, you know, meet up in the real world. So that's always a possibility. Usually if you're in the forum and you think, hey, I want to have a little conference, a little meetup, you know, uh, you can always talk with other members in the forum and that's the best way to get something like that started. Okay, I noticed there's a map section of the website that has kind of like a either a Google Maps or the its its adversary a Bing Maps uh, embedded with some of the members of the community. I was wondering how I might be able to add myself to that. Uh, you know, I'd have to check that out as far as the uh, forum software goes. I think it, it might be in the sign-up process, but uh, you caught me a little off guard with that question because, you know, we go through some software upgrades from time to time, so I couldn't uh, accurately answer that question just right now. Um, but I think if you go through the sign-up process and you put in your location, like the state you live in, the country you live in, then it might show up on the maps. Okay, yeah, I would, I would love to help organize something here in Europe. So I'm curious, when people look at the website, they will see some banners for different products here and there on the website. What do, what do those banners actually support? Are those 
are, th are those uh, products that are endorsed by longevity.org? Uh, no, most of our uh, advertisement is just, um, most of our advertisement is automatic, like Google Ads, like AdSense, where you go to any website and you see Google Ads that are kind of context aware. Um, so that's the way most of it goes. It's rare that we have ever endorsed anything officially because of significant liability with doing that. Um, however, we do help advertisers uh, with various methods of reaching the longevity audience. Um, so we might help them you know, pick a particular forum where they might want to put a banner or they can uh, sign up for a sponsored forum thread where they can moderate that thread. So there are a lot of different options that advertisers can use to run ads on longevity site, but we don't uh, you know, warrant any of the products. We don't endorse any of the products. We hardly promote any products from any, uh, you know, we're agnostic on all products that are out there. People come to the website, they can, uh, they can just choose to, uh, you know, advertise if they want. You'll notice on some of those banners, right below the banner, it says, if you'd like to support longevity.org, rent this space or buy this ad space. So you can go through it, you can just click on it, You've got a product to sell, you know. Then your banner goes up. It's uh, you know, the rates are comparable, I guess, to other spots uh, on the site on the web where you might do banner advertisement. And just so everyone knows, uh, Longevity is a nonprofit. It's officially the Immortality Institute, and we get uh, our revenue from advertising and from member donations. You know, we have the paid membership option. You get some benefits by being a member. You get to vote on how. Uh, the organization continues to do things in the future, you know, what things should be supported. Um, so, yeah, we have member donations, we have advertising dollars, and that's how we make almost all of our income as a nonprofit. And what are some of the, I assume, like immortality promoting or research, research organizations that are supported by Longevity? Well, we don't officially support any particular organization as an official partnership, but we have worked quite often with the SENS Research Foundation and Methuselah Foundation and Lifespan British Columbia. Uh, it's a new organization that formed a couple of years ago in Canada uh, that is very active. So there have been some organizations where we have given multiple grants. Um, and that's how we spend most of our money, supporting uh, research into anti-aging and rejuvenation. We support through sponsoring specific research projects, and we also support the researchers themselves. That's one of the best things we've been doing over the last four or five years is giving out scholarship money, grants, to uh, students at university uh, when they're starting out and they have an interest in life extension. They're doing some sort of research that is applicable uh, to human rejuvenation. Uh, we have given a lot of scholarships, uh, tens of thousands of dollars out, and uh, some of those students have gone on to start their own companies uh, that are now working on methods of curing disease and rejuvenating the human body. So it's uh, one of the best things we do. So essentially a couple times a year you cut large checks to both uh, students and to, and to 
I'm assuming like a little bit smaller organizations of scientists that are working on solving a, a real specific issue around Yeah, yeah that's right. Exactly. Our budget uh, this year, I think, is somewhere around sixty or $70,000, uh, you know, the money that we have available. Uh, to spend, and we would spend maybe, you know, typically in the past about 20000 on a specific research proposal. Um, there is a possibility that we could spend a little bit more than that if it was a very good proposal or if someone we knew who was, uh, where uh, they're very dedicated and you're definitely going to get your, the money's worth out of the research. Um, you know, we members at Longevity could vote to expand the budget for research. But I should also say we do have budgets for uh, meetups, you know, like you mentioned earlier, and we do have a budget for advertising, marketing, graphics, website work, things like that, um, you know, small budgets to improve the site itself, the website, because that's our main, you know, meeting place uh, for everyone uh, that is around the world. And I'm curious, so if there's people that are out there that are interested in supporting longevity, but they have a whole lot more time than they have money, what's the best way for them to contribute to the science? Well, I'll tell you what, there's just uh, so many ways that you can contribute through longevity or through other organizations. I mean, there's almost, almost all of the life extension organizations I know would take volunteers any day of the year, any week of the month. They would, uh, you know, if they, they have little tasks like promoting things on Facebook or writing a little article here or there or creating a, a little logo or a graphic to promote some new research or some product that they might be, uh, you know, uh, putting out there. Uh, so there, anyone who has time can find a way to contribute, I'm sure. Uh, now, at Longevity, we do also offer a little bit of stipend amount uh, for any independent contractors out there who would like to do some writing or would like to help with media and things like that. We do have a small budget for that, uh, especially for uh, software work, uh, technical work uh, on the website. Uh, we would certainly offer independent contractors a small amount of money for uh, doing some work, you know, upgrading our site. And you'll notice uh, currently on the site, if you notice a little rotating banner that's in the upper right-hand corner, one of those that flashes up there says commissions. So we do offer a commission for certain types of work that we're looking to get done. And if people have more money than time and they want to contribute to longevity, is there a, is there a, uh, is there any kind of like tiers of donation levels that you guys recommend or is there a place where people can check out the, the budget on the website? Yes, uh, we have in the, we have the budget posted in our membership section uh, for the paid members since they are the ones contributing their money. They get to set, help set the budget and see where all of the money is going. Um, and we, our tax filing uh, every year is, of course, open. The IRS, nonprofits, everything is publicly available there as well. Uh, as far as supporting through uh, a membership, 
Uh, we have different levels, $25 for students or people who are of limited means. We have a reduced membership level there. $50 is standard yearly membership. It renews every year, $50. If you uh, want to continue to support longevity and some of the research and the scholarships that we put out there, it's a good way, you know, once a year, $50. Uh, we also have a, a lifetime membership uh, option if uh, you're really a dedicated uh, life extension advocate. Uh, $500 one-time payment and you're a lifetime member of Longevity and the Immortality Institute. Otherwise, if you do have a lot more money than that, uh, we would certainly encourage to keep for everyone to keep their eye out for our fundraisers or for other types of initiatives we might be undertaking where there's significant cost, you know, five, ten, twenty thousand dollars that we need to raise. Just monitor that, and if you have a little budget for donating to uh, Life Extension and to nonprofits, we would certainly encourage you to continue to monitor uh, our statements in our forum throughout the year uh, as different things do pop up, and then you can make a larger contribution to a specific item of interest. Okay, I wanted to circle back to something you mentioned earlier. So, probably like a lot of people who are going to be watching or listening to this, I'm like really, uh, my, my interest is just always piqued by new supplement science coming out. Like whenever, whenever there's a new racetam or a new smart drug molecule that it, that it, it, it's clinical trials start coming out. It's, it's really tempting for me to find wherever it is and, and order it off the internet and start, you know, doing some self quantification with it. And I know the, I know that smart drugs, anti-aging supplements are are something that I think our, our our community is really passionate about on a whole. Are there any are there any uh, smaller research projects that Longevity has supported or has been directly or indirectly involved with that were specific to like supplements or nootropics that that were that we actually did contribute to? Well, not so much, um, you know, and that's kind of an interesting thing. Originally, the Immortality Institute started as a nonprofit to promote life extension research and advocacy, things like that. Uh, and just by happenstance, a lot of people around the world who were drawn to the thought of life extension also wanted to, of course, try and enhance their own health to stay as long, alive as long as possible and to stay young and, and, and healthy. So, you know, it was just natural that a lot of people discussed supplements and nootropics. Uh, so that just kind of grew through the years. A lot of people that come to Longevity might mistakenly think that it's just a site dedicated to supplements and nootropics and, and, you know, lifestyle hacks and things like that, which is fine. I mean, that's great that people can come to Longevity, and it is a very popular, maybe the most popular nootropics website in the world, um, that's great. Um, but, you know, we don't focus on that specifically. However, members can have a say on future research support and things like that. Typically, we would want to support researchers and projects that have an application toward life extension and human rejuvenation. Most supplements and nootropics are more uh, used for slowing the aging process, you know, just keeping you in optimum health, not really reversing 
the process. So that is a little bit different philosophy, right? Um, but we wouldn't be against it. I would say, as far as the members I know and the leadership at Longevity, if members came together and said, hey, this is a neat project that we want to study about some specific nootropic that uh, seems to be very promising for keeping people healthy and making people, you know, smart. Uh, members could vote and start a petition and say, hey, let's raise this such and such money, and most likely then uh, we would support that, you know, because it is... In the end, a member-supported organization, a nonprofit organization. Okay, something that I really appreciate about the forum is that it seems to me to be a place where I can get real, like, critical feedback on science, but I can also find like real polite discourse. So a lot of times there will be some, there'll, there'll be like some supplement or some racetam that I'm thinking about trying, but I want to make sure I'm understanding it correctly. And so I'll go out on the internet and I'll start researching it and start trying to make sense of what the studies are saying about it. And I'll find just a lot of like, I'll find just a lot of rudeness out there on, on Reddit, or wherever, but it seems to me that a lot of times I'll go on longevity and I'll say, okay, like this is my understanding of what such and such molecule does in the in our systems or what it's hypothesized to do based upon such and such rat study that was done. And people are generally like pretty polite on longevity and, and sometimes I will be completely off base on something and people who are like really legitimate scientists who are who are people that if I was gonna like hire them for their opinions on on an hourly rate it would be it would be something that I couldn't afford but I'll find that I can get really polite yet critical feedback from those kind of people on longevity. Yeah, uh, you know, we put a lot of work in through the years in moderating the site, and we're always adjusting our rules to try and keep the discourse very uh, high and useful. Um, so a lot of times, I know people, if you're just coming to the site for the first time, you might feel as though you're getting put down when some of the more scientific-minded people come in and say, hey, that's just complete you know, bull, <laughs> what, you know, they'll tell you, you know, that study is no good, or they'll tell you that uh, this has been refuted or straight up, you know, but that's the feedback that you should hope to get. Um, and we do moderate to try and keep the, this, the discourse very professional. Uh, and we would really uh, like to continue to get a more scientific discussion of almost all the topics that you see on the site. That's something that we've always strived for and luckily enough we do have a lot of people who are biohackers but also uh, very willing to quantitate uh, you know what they're doing and to to quantify what they're doing and also back things up with research so that's one of the nice things about longevity is that you can get honest feedback and you can get some quality feedback and Justin are there any forum members that you'd like to give shout outs to 
Well, I'll tell you what, uh, through the years, I mean, I've been around with the organization for almost 15 years now. So I've corresponded with thousands of people, uh, and uh, many of them have helped me with certain things. Many of them have helped the organization. I, I just couldn't really name uh, hardly anyone right now. Although I will give a shout out to uh, Caliban uh, on, at the Institute. He was one of the original directors, and he's been with the organization you know, pretty steady for the entire time. Uh, and he might not always be easy to deal with online uh, when you're trying to speak with him, but uh, he is definitely a dedicated life extension and cryonics advocate, and we're lucky that uh, he has been able to help uh, maintain the site as is uh, through the last few years. Okay, I think I'd like to give a shout out to Adaptogen. He's he's the guy I can think of off the top of my head. Yeah, you know, I don't frequent the nootropic forums all that much, uh, but I know, yeah, Adaptogen, there's a few others in there that uh, are just amazing with uh, their references, you know, and their logical discourse and things like that. So, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of great users out there. Are there any site sections or forum sections that you don't think get the attention they deserve on longevity? I'll tell you what, since the nonprofit is officially uh, kind of motivated by life extension, you know, radical life extension, I would hope that perhaps in the future we would get more discussion about current regenerative medicine. You know, um, there's a lot of studies that come out that say this molecule or this process or uh, this uh, will help rejuvenate this part of your body or, or things like that. And we really would like to see more discussion of that, uh, to be kind of a clearinghouse, to vet a lot of the ideas for uh, rejuvenation and regeneration of the human body. Uh, so nootropics, supplements, and everything uh, take the lion's share of the site's traffic right now, which is, is, is fine. You know, people definitely want to live healthy, and they want to be the best they can be, which is great. I'm glad that uh, the site does provide that. Um, but more discussion uh, on some uh, biomedical uh, theories uh, and rejuvenation therapies, things like that, uh, would be great, yeah. And uh, more uh, in the uh, project ideas forum, perhaps. Uh, when you have an idea for a project that Longevity could do or some research that Longevity could support, uh, always remember that. We have a, an ideas forum where you can post. And, uh, you know, of course, we can't do everything. Uh, the ideas forum is full of thousands of ideas over the last uh, decade, but it's always good to see new ones. So, Cool. I will make an effort to check out those site sections. I, I suppose that smart drugs are kind of the gateway drugs to anti-aging for a lot of people. Well, I suppose, uh, you know, that seems to be the case nowadays. Uh, once you do start uh, researching uh, nootropics, you're probably going to come across the topic of life extension. And if you're trying to, you know, enhance yourself, uh, trying to be as smart as you can be, well, you're probably going to think about being as healthy as you can be as well. So the two kind of go hand in hand. Okay, I wanted to ask you a little bit about your personal story. Recently, you had interviewed Zoltan, and he had kind of like an exciting personal story about his moment with a landmine, where a landmine almost killed him, and that got him really interested in immortality and I was wondering if you had any uh, if you had some episode if you had a a, 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 a uh, such an acute turning point episode in your personal story that that got you 
so interested in this topic? No, I, I really can't say it. I would say it was just always in me uh, when I was growing up. You know, I grew up in a religious tradition in the U.S. And, uh, you know, people always, the subject of death always comes up. And I just never kind of thought that it was inevitable. I don't know why. <laughs> Ever since I was two years old, four years old, uh, every time people would talk about death and I would think about, you know, people getting sick and old and disease, I'm like, well, you know, it doesn't have to happen, right? <laughs> what, you know, what's out there, you know? You know, where's, what's at the end of your life? Well, you know, heaven and hell and all that type of stuff. It just never, I guess it never uh, took hold of me. So I always thought that uh, we could fix things. <laughs> you know, I always thought that uh, we could live longer. Uh, it was never a question in my mind. I mean, I was always questioning people uh, who said uh, that, you know, we shouldn't live longer uh, or we shouldn't, uh, you know, rejuvenate people. Uh, but I guess the one uh, funny story about getting involved with the Immortality Institute is that it was spam, not the meat product. Yeah, not the meat product, no. Uh, I was uh, just kind of uh, uh, trolling along a few forums, not actual trolling, I'm just saying I was perusing various forums on the internet like Kurzweil, AI.net, and things in the early days. And uh, what the founder of the Immortality Institute, I think, saw my name there in one of those other forums and just sent me a random email out of the blue and just said, hey, join my forum. <laughs> uh, it was just a forum about life extension discussion, you know. Uh, and so I joined up, and then uh, that was uh, how I got involved with the longevity, you know. Okay, my story kind of has some parallels. I, here's a real personal question. So, personally, I have done a pretty bad, I came from a religious background like yourself, and probably like yourself, I'm not religious at all anymore. However, I've done a pretty bad job of prosthetizing this idea of transhumanism to my friends or to my family and I guess like my old childhood friends like the people that I grew up with that that we were all religious a long time ago and now I'm not religious at all and they still are yet I've I haven't made an effort to uh, to personalize or share my new systems of belief with them at all um, have you had a have you had a similar experience or have you have you tried to share have you had to, have you uh, made attempts to share the this this tech this more I guess technological and transhumanistic belief system with with people that might be uncomfortable with it yeah it's been a difficult thing um, but has gotten easier through the years um, and I would like to say that, you know, longevity isn't anti-religious at all, uh, that uh, religious uh, and, and belief practices are compatible with life extension, uh, you know, and curing disease. I mean, people all of all stripes and beliefs uh, want to, you know, help people live healthy and help people uh, be happy. Um, so it's, it's not like religion and uh, life extension is incompatible, that's for sure. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's gotten easier through the years. Um, because I've gotten older and I just uh, finally kind of at some point said I don't care what people think about 
you know, my activities, uh, you know, I think that it's a wonderful thing to try and strive for. Curing disease, a lot of people, everyone supports that, right? Uh, and you just have to go a little farther and think, okay, we, we cure this disease, that disease, this third disease, and this fourth disease, and now people are going to live really, really long. Is that a good thing? Of course, it's a good thing. And uh, so I'm not ashamed or afraid to say, you know, I'm signed up for cryonics and uh, I would like to see us live a long, long time uh, and eradicate disease and things like that. It, I don't know, you know, talking with your family about things like that when they've never heard of it before is very difficult. One tip I would say is that oftentimes you're in a conversation where People are talking about cancer or Alzheimer's. They have an old parent who has Alzheimer's and stuff. And that's a good way to at least bring up the topic of curing Alzheimer's and cancer and heart disease. And then people say, yeah, that'd be great. And, you know, you can just kind of get on a, you know, a little conversation about that and that, yeah, living longer, that'd be great. I'd love to live to 100 or 200 if I was in great shape. And then most everyone says, well, yeah, I, me too. <laughs> so, you know, it is tough because a lot of the world uh, still to this day, amazingly, even though everyone can see how technological progress is advancing so fast and that there is such a potential to uh, help people live healthier and happier longer, uh, it's still difficult to bring up the topic of, you know, what do we do when uh, we've cured most of these diseases and people are going to be healthy and living to 120 and 150 and 200, uh, you know, it's still tough to talk about that. So uh, we actually have some discussions that have gone on at Longevity about how to confront different arguments against life extension and how to discuss things with your parents or your friends or, you know, we've talked about it quite a bit through the years. But as I've gotten a little bit older and just uh, kind of gotten comfortable with the fact that I'm a very... Uh, strong advocate for life extension and cryonics, it's just gotten easier. You know, one way that I like to kind of articulate it is that whenever someone dies, a library burns. There's, there's just a huge amount of knowledge that, that leaves the world. And if there's a way of preventing that book burning, then that's that would just be profoundly beautiful. And I, I, I don't meet a lot of people that, that can disagree with that sentiment. Okay, so getting a little bit more practical, what types of supplements and or anti-aging technology do you use regularly? Well, not too much uh, because I'm a little bit risk averse, I would say, maybe more than most longevity members. So it's mainly diet and exercise that I use to stay healthy. Uh, right now, you know, I have a little organic garden that I grow. Actually, it's pretty big. <laughs> I, I grow a lot of food that I store for wintertime and things. So I have uh, my own vegetables and, and things like that, my own food products. Uh, and then I, I exercise quite a bit. Uh, if I'm not, you know, I'm riding a bike to work and I'm staying active, um, you know, I'm in the garden, I'm, I'm running, I'm doing, I'm jogging, you know, whatever, uh, playing uh, sports, things like that. I'm active almost every single day. So that's the main thing and the easiest thing that I think most people can do. Uh, but if they don't realize it, exercise is phenomenal for life extension and staying healthy. But other than that, as far as supplements go, I really 
don't have the financial means to do uh, a lot of supplements. So uh, at times I'll take a, a multivitamin, low dose uh, multivitamin, uh, and then D3, vitamin D3 seems to, you know, most of the things that are pretty tame but have a lot of research through many decades and extremely low side effects or extremely low potential for anything negative like vitamin D3, you know, in, you know, the 1,000 IU unit, uh, you know, the research is good and the downside is almost nothing. Same thing with aspirin. I take a low dose of aspirin. Uh, has been proven through year through the years to be helpful, but hardly any negative side effects except gastrointestinal bleeding. But th again, that's not a huge side effect. I mean, if you happen to get that, you stop. You know, um, and then also melatonin. I originally, you know, uh, used that a little bit uh, for sleep aid, but it does have some evidence behind it that it is also, you know, uh, health promoting. Um, and it, off and on, I guess uh, the main nootropic I use is just caffeine because it's the most popular around the world and it works and it's actually healthy for you. Um, and I guess I've tried vinpocetine uh, a little bit in the past. Um, and there might have been some other, I can't remember exactly, there might have been some other mixtures um, uh, that uh, I could you know, got a free sample of or something at some time in the past uh, that I've tried. But, you know, my regimen is pretty tame. Okay, so you haven't had any extraordinarily good or bad experiences with any supplements. Well, that's right, because usually I do the research and I kind of stick with what's known and uh, to not have many negative side effects. And uh, it's been known, you know, a supplement has been known for years. Fish oil is another one that I uh, had uh, taken off and on uh, through the years. Um, so yeah, nothing that uh, nothing too radical, no, and no negative. I've never had really anything I could uh, quantify that was negative from the supplements that I do take. Okay, as far as biohacking technology, have you dabbled with anything like? HRV or uh, TCSD, anything like that? TCSD is one thing I would like to try um, because of the, uh, you know, emerging research that's coming out uh, about, uh, it's amazing that you can um, use that technology in order to enhance your brain function. I, I mean, just many years ago, I wouldn't have really guessed that that would be a viable approach. Um, and it's kind of non-invasive, kind of, you know, I mean, you don't have, I mean, in the physical aspect, you don't have to actually, you know, go through any barrier into your... <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no entry. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so that's something I, I was thinking about. And also as far as the uh, supplements, no, nootropics, uh, modafinil or uh, modafinil, uh, that's one that seems to have uh, very low side effects. Uh, or very low potential for downsides or negative side effects, I would say once it becomes over-the-counter, uh, I would probably try that one. You know, in order to, um, I don't know if uh, to make myself smarter, but in order to manage my productive hours and my rest hours a little bit better, um, because all of us some days are just not awake, <laughs> you know, for whatever reason. Uh, and it would be neat to be able to use a supplement like that 
to make sure, you know, there's eight to ten hours a day where I can be doing productive things and concentrating well, uh, and then once the effect wears off, then it's rest time, and it's still able to get good sleep. Some people report when they use that, uh, they don't get good sleep, um, but it, it at least hints at the potential for managing your productive time a little bit better and staying awake when you want to be awake, uh, things like that. Uh, and then also another, oh, metformin. I wouldn't uh, mind trying that. That's another one that's prescription only right now, although in my view, it should be pretty much over the counter. Um, I would do that kind of... Beta, beta formin, you said? You said beta formin? Metformin. Uh, metformin, the diabetes drug, um, because in low doses that has shown kind of similar effects to what you would get from aspirin and things like that uh, as far as slowing aging, very low side effects, very cheap. Um, so that's something, yeah, metformin and modafinil would be something I would think of trying and transcranial uh, stimulation. Have you dabbled with any brain training software? Yes, I, oh, I can't remember the name of it. Um, oh, I, yes, I have, but I can't remember. It was supposed to improve my memory and must not have worked, right? Uh, because I can't remember the name of it right now. I think it began with a C, uh, Curiosity, maybe. Lumosity. Lumosity? There you go. Yes, Lumosity. I got a, for Christmas, I had a membership to that for a year. Uh, so I tried it out. Uh, and it seemed like uh, it worked a little bit to help my concentration a little bit. You know, I, I thought it was fun. And I, and I understand the basis of it to go through mental exercises, your brain, just like your muscles, needs to exercise in certain ways in order to, you know, become proficient in certain things. So, yeah, I got the idea behind it. Uh, I dropped it after a while. I guess, you know, it does take time to do, your, to do, do those mental exercises every day. Um, but that, yeah, Lumosity was the one I tried. Lumosity, you do need to use it persistently for it to improve your memory. I used Lumosity myself for about four months and I found that it was a lot of fun, but this is kind of my criticism of Lumosity is that those little games that you play in it, you only play them for about 60 seconds each little game, right? And then, then you either go to the next level or you go to the next little game, which is, I think that's kind of like their way of trying to account for how ADD people are nowadays and for how short of an attention span people have. There's another brain training task. It's called the dual end back task. Have you heard of that one? And the... I highly recommend that. You can find it for free a bunch of different places on the internet. I highly recommend it because it actually requires you to really focus in for about 15 minutes. And really for about 15 minutes, you won't be able to think about anything else other than keeping track of the little audio visual memory challenge that it gives you. And I think in that respect, it, it really builds your focus muscles a whole lot more than longevity did. Or no, no than Lumosity did, sorry. <laughs> okay, so yeah, 
for personal development, what do you, what do you, what do you do outside of outside of outside of uh, outside of outside of uh, managing the website, managing the community? What do you do to get out of your comfort zone? Uh, you know, I, I mean, I do try different things once in a while, uh, different sports. Uh, you know, I try and read a lot of uh, scientific articles and publications, things like that. I guess, uh, yeah, I don't uh, get out of my comfort zone too much. Uh, you know, I have a career as a meteorologist, so I uh, keep up on that end of things. And, you know, I've got my, my garden <laughs> to keep. You're, you're, you're not jumping out of airplanes naked no, or fighting sharks or anything like that? No, you know, I, I guess <laughs> I, 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 if I think of something, I'll let you know. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't have, uh, like, a strong desire uh, to, you know, do things like that. I guess the most uh, uh, interesting thing coming out that will probably push uh, my boundaries a little bit would be uh, virtual reality, the headsets that are coming out and, oh, wow. and, yeah. and how that will probably inspire more intricate virtual worlds, kind of like Second Life was, but just a ton more in-depth. Um, and to be uh, in a virtual world like that would uh, definitely push boundaries, uh, I would think, and uh, really uh, expand, you know, possibilities. So that's something maybe in the near future I would uh, try. Are you worried at all that the virtual worlds they will create will just be so compelling and addictive that the, that the, that the real world will just pale in comparison? Yes. Yes. I mean, there's no question. Uh, there's no question. I mean, you see people already essentially living in a virtual world through Facebook, through their phones, their mobile devices, uh, and Instagram and things like that. People don't generally like the way their life currently is. And on the internet, on the social media sites, you get to craft the way you are uh, more than you do get to do that in the real world. And people are uh, amazingly addicted to that, to be able to control your image, control, you know, what you see, what you don't. Um, so with the advent of virtual worlds, I can see that, you know, happening even more. Uh, so yes, the answer is definitely yes. But I think people will definitely get addicted to it. Now, is that you know, addiction carries a negative connotation, but I don't know if it's going to be, an ex you know, something that is extremely negative for people. If people just spend all their time in their own virtual world, uh, as long as they're healthy and happy, and they're in that virtual world, and that's what they would like to do, and, you know, who am I to argue that they should be out here in the real world and experiencing pain and misery, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like that. Uh, so uh, maybe it's just a natural evolution to create your own little uh, paradise in your own virtual world. Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how that how that may change pretty radically the it, the, the population yes. in the next in the next twenty five to thirty years. Yeah, it will be very interesting. That's right. I mean, uh, back when I was young, of course, all the science fiction was about space travel or you know, flying cars, everything was based, though, mostly in the real world, the very popular science fiction. Not a lot of it dealt with virtual worlds, but it does seem that is the way we're going. 
more than you know spreading into the outer space we're spreading into inner space into uh, you know virtual worlds okay so i was kind of thinking that we could take a quick look at a couple of threads on longevity that were popular that were recent popular threads so there was one that i had selected that was on tdcs and so we already talked about that mm -hmm. There was another one that I thought was maybe a little bit more philosophical, and they were asking, is it possible to not have fear? And this particular thread inspired like hundreds of responses. Oh, okay. It, it inspired 200 <laughs> responses yes. of people talking about of, uh, there was a guy initially saying, like, hey, would taking anxiolytic supplements, taking anxiolytic pills, if, if, if I can decrease or deal with my anxiety by taking anxiolytics, is it possible to just reduce down to having no fear <laughs> at all? And people actually, uh, people actually got pretty, started getting pretty technical on their responses to this. Uh, a lot of people were talking about yeah. ways of diminishing the, the responsiveness that the amygdala has mm -hmm. to fear yeah. and that, and that it would be possible to modulate the amygdala down to a level where you'd have almost no fear, but the, the side effects of this would be, they'd be disastrous. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I haven't read that thread uh, all the way through, although I know it was very popular. So, yeah, my, you know, personal experience, of course, in our current physical bodies, the uh, fear response is very useful. So I wouldn't want to completely bring it down to zero because you probably end up dead uh, in the current world that we live in. Uh, so, but I can't really comment too much on that particular thread. I didn't follow that one in depth. You said that you're more you would characterize yourself as more risk averse. Well, you know, I know a lot of the uh, longevity members do a lot of the biohacking and try a lot of different supplements, and it's very interesting, you know, to see uh, people, you know, taking that risk and sharing their information. I mean, it's great. Um, but, yeah, I, I guess I'm just a little bit more risk averse just probably because of the uh, culture that I grew up in, you know, in the region, the world I grew up in you know, living in the country kind of, and so, yeah, I would say I'm a little bit more risk averse. Well, I'm, I'm a Midwest boy, like yourself, mm. I'm, from, I'm from Colorado, oh, okay. um, so I'm curious, I guess I'm a whole lot, I'm not so risk averse, I'm kind of like, let's try everything once so that mm -hmm. I have good stories to tell people, and I guess my embracing of risk when it comes to the biohacking is that it's, it seems like it's pretty rare that I come across stories where people were doing some sort of biohacking or they were trying some trying some new research substance and it turned out really bad. It, yeah, it's it, pretty it, rare. It seems, seems like it. That the seems to me that the risks of biohacking are just a whole lot lower than 
science fiction movies would have us believe. <laughs> yeah, usually there's a lot of techno pessimism out there for trying new things, of course. But then you got to be careful uh, when you're reading a biohacking site like uh, Longevity, where people are trying a lot of different things. You really you have to realize that if someone tried a specific supplement and they died. You're not going to know about it because they're not posting about it and their friends probably aren't coming online and posting about it either. So you don't really know the true sample size and uh, all of the negative side effects perhaps. Uh, just something to think about. Um, but it's good that a lot of the supplements that people do try do have some research behind them, animal research, you know, epidemiological research and things like that. Yeah, most of them do. survivor's bias. <laughs> yep, that's on, right. Yep. Going on with that, one of the threads that was also kind of popular and related to the point that you made there was people talking about methylene blue, which is kind of like the really, the, the blue hot, the white hot new smart drug, which I actually have not even tried this one. Yeah, it's yet. another, I would have to say, I'll just cut you off there, because uh, I haven't read that thread completely through either, nor do I know much about the pharmacokinetics of methylene blue either, so I don't have too much to contribute on that aspect. Yeah, I just know that it has very I'm glad. Yeah. science behind it. Yeah, point. yeah. I'm glad, though, that people are openly discussing it anyway, you know, and uh, hopefully we can get more information about it. And then the final thread I wanted to run past you was actually one that I submitted. And in this thread, I said that I am actually next week going to visit Chernobyl mm. because I'm living here in Kiev, and I found a company that I could book a day tour to visit oh, wow. the, the abandoned city of Chernobyl. And I was like, you know, you, you only live once. I, I might as well... I, you try know, something I different, well, yeah. I might as well try it out. Do you have any... Since you have such a, 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 a science background, do you have any recommendations of maybe things that I should take for to, to protect my TNA? Oh, my, well... I, I want to, you, you'd have to check with the tour company and make sure they don't take you too close to the, they probably have an exclusion zone yet where you can't get that close. I mean, I don't know with the tour company if they're like, you know, what, how close they get you to the reactor. Of course, all I could ever think about is uh, potassium iodide, you know, uh, to prevent thyroid cancer because that's the most common uh, that occurs when you're exposed to radiation, large doses of radiation. Uh, but I would, the main thing I would do is to check with the, uh, the, the, the there is publicly known a certain perimeter around Chernobyl where it's safe to get to a certain distance. And I would just check that out and make sure your tour company isn't taking you right up to the uh, cement sarcophagus, uh, <laughs> the uh, old reactor, you know? Yes, you're right, <laughs> it's called the exclusion zone, right. and they're going to taking us to like the center of that to hmm. they're going to be taking us right. to where you can see the the reactor head that, oh, that really? lifts up hmm. in the air interesting so hmm. yeah we're going to be like pretty close and the uh, on their website there they claim they're like oh it's completely safe it's completely safe <laughs> <laughs> well it's typically yeah well yeah safe uh you know i don't know if there's uh such a thing as safe radiation doses, but you know, uh, we get all kinds of radiation uh, all year long, uh, you know, in a short uh, little exposure. I don't know. I, I'm not 
all that up on uh, nuclear radiation like that uh, if you're there for a minute and you're out of there or something how much of an effect it would have on you but sounds interesting you know uh, let us know how that goes <laughs> thanks thanks i sure will some of the other responses people are saying yeah iodine and they're also saying that the the adaptogens there's a variety of rhodiola that people are recommending mm. so i will uh, I'll, I'll let you know if i, okay. If I survive <laughs> <laughs> okay well, well hey it was real nice to chat with you get to get to know you a little bit better and hear a little bit more about longevity. I want to let people know we are going to be publishing this to the longevity YouTube channel. Yeah. So if they want to see what we look like, mm -hmm. we, we would encourage people to check this out on YouTube and to also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, YouTube is a place where an incredible amount of attention is going yeah nowadays. that's right and, and I, I want to say that uh, we hope to get our audio podcast posted on YouTube here soon I mean the whole database of all the podcasts that I've done throughout the years uh, probably hundreds uh, hopefully we'll start to get more of them on the YouTube channel yeah so look forward to that in the future as well okay great and there's definitely you know YouTube just gives us so much more content mm -hmm. format that we can share with people in regards to anti-aging, immortality, the different things we've discussed here. So I encourage people to, uh, to go ahead and subscribe to that channel whenever they get the chance. Yeah. All right. Well, it's great talking to you today, Jonathan. Likewise. Thanks, Justin.